Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's the great game. Matthew Aaron is with us today. You can get him over at CanadianPatriot.org, CanadianPatriot.org, and the Rising Tide Foundation.net. And most importantly, get his books and subscribe to his Substack right there. The links will all be in the description box. And make sure you purchase those books. These books are absolute key to understanding where we are today in the geopolitical, geostrategic, geoeconomic. As a multipolar world struggle against the unipolar world order that is coming to an end, Matt, lots going on. I'm still, I'm still reeling from the from the SWAT teaming of of Donald Trump, man. I'm still getting over it, dude. This is like a crossing of a Rubicon moment right here. Yeah, no, and and the fact that they picked the moment, I think that was when he was uh, called to uh, to testify or something at, at some yeah, event in New York. Yeah, exactly. And and it was at that exact moment that the FBI came in. I know I just I just read about that this morning. I uh, I was taken aback and not surprised. I mean, it's pretty belligerent. And, you know, overall, I Trump had made the point that this, if anything, is a bit of a an assistance to him because, you know, there has been a, a really big effort in the in the left wing media, obviously, to just slander the hell out of Trump. That's been the case since 2015. And on the other hand, in the right wing media, uh, especially Fox News, there's been a, a an agreement made from the top to just not talk about Trump anymore to just, yeah. so there's not been a lot of um, access um, in the part of the population's understanding of what's going on regarding Trump, regarding what, you know, all of the various uh, candidates that he's been endorsing, who have been increasingly finding themselves in positions of power, um, ready to take increasing, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know to what degree I have full confidence in the coherence of the strategy in terms of what they want to do and, or, or how well a lot of these pro-Trump uh, Republican candidates have I diagnosed the problem. However, it's certainly better than the, the transhumanist technocratic crowd that's religiously committed to, you know, getting rid of the U.S. Constitution and, and sub subjugating the American people to a one world government of depopulation. So it's at least to that extent, it's interesting. Um, as far as Trump himself, he, yeah, he made the point that this, if anything, kind of helped him. It gave him a, a little bit more, even more, uh, street cred. The thing that I, I also find it a little bit, uh, dangerous though, with this is that, uh, people have been increasingly looking for heroes and, you know, like I've gotten a lot of people who have been very confused about the role of China and the role also of Bannon and what Bannon is a part of. Mm -hmm. Bannon has been trying to work very hard to cozy himself up or, or project himself as if he were the voice of the anti-Great Reset resistance and completely, you know, on board with everything Trump uh, represents. Mm -hmm. And Trump fired the guy for a reason back in, you know, after he was his, his strategic advisor for like, what, a minute yeah. in 2017? Yeah. There was a reason why he got his ass fired and was kept at a very long pole away from Trump. Because, I mean, Trump was not stupid and he recognized, I think to a certain degree, um, the type of poison that Bannon is associated with. 
What exactly? I mean, we know he's part of Chatham House. Let's let's get into this character name, and it is a character. This is a this is a Bannon is a hired gun. He's a yeah. hired gun, and he goes to the highest bidder. And there's a lot of people who think that this guy's some sort of a patriot. Who is this guy? Well, you know, uh, first of all, the fact that he is obviously getting persecuted by um, the you know the establishment around Biden is should not. The idea of my enemy's enemy is my friend, that has never worked. Sometimes mm -hmm. you can use it in battle, but more often than not, it bites it bites you in the ass. It never works for anybody who goes along who goes with that as a, a life principle. And the fact that, you know, your enemy, your enemies who have taken control of the US government don't like Biden and are pre persecuting him does not make Biden good. There's something called controlled opposition. Right. That's that's part of the way world history is shaped is by gang counter gang and gang counter counter gang operations it sounds complicated but it's not really when you think about it from the top that's how the jesuits were created in the first place in the 1540s as a as a counter counter gang to the protestant reformation and the various splinter groups that were being used to usher in an age of violence and break up any potential dialogue around cooperation amongst the various nations of europe who just you know in 1509 had come together for the first time around a strategy of wiping the world, uh, or wiping wiping Europe, but also the world, um, free of the Venetian parasite. The the center command structure of the oligarchy of of Rome had migrated and had had taken control of a host in Venice after the collapse of the of the Western Roman Empire. This is the center of evil, the satanic cults that had transmogrified. But the same family bloodlines, the same trusts had all organized as a central command in Venice. It organized yeah. the control of the maritime shipping routes. It took control of Constantinople's shipping routes. It was the new Roman Empire. And it had everybody fighting each other over little differences, little egotistical things. And I'm going to get back to Bannon, I'm, but I'm doing this circuitously for a reason. And everybody got together to crush Venice. And that was sabotaged. And Venice made sure through all of their agents in the various courts, their various social controllers, that that would never happen again. And what they did is they created gang, counter-gang operations against tyranny. So a lot of the people, uh, this is what was used later on around uh, Robespierre yeah. in the French Revolution, right? The French Revolution was a disaster. It became a jack. It was called the terror, the Jacobin terror. Why? Because you had a, a, an overbloated French bureaucracy, you know, that, that had an immoral detachment from any care of the people. It had a lot of abuses. And that type of tension that was built up made it ripe for taking the abused po populace and having them fall under a demagoguery that, of British agents. People like Robespierre Danton were rabble-rousers and were able to herd the people against the unjust elite, good and bad alike. And all of Benjamin Franklin's collaborators in France ended up getting their heads cut off. And the result was a, a you know a proto-fascist system of Napoleon again bankrolled by the same financiers. Same thing was done with the with the Bolshevik Revolution. And Steve Bannon is a, is a guy who, just to get this across, he is called he has said in 2016 that he models his techniques off of Lenin, what Lenin did to overthrow the Tsarist Russia. Now he's he actually is on record. He didn't deny that he said this. Um, he also said that we should. Uh, that he wants to lead stormtroopers into the White House. He has called for very violent imagery against people like Pelosi or Fauci. Um, he is a, a pro, like a modern-day Robespierre Jacobin leader 
Lenin Trotsky type character. And the fact that he's being persecuted by the state is not does not mean he's good. Trotsky and Lenin spent many years in the gulags, in prison in Russia. Robespierre in France spent many years in prison um, in France. There was a lot of persecution by the state against these people. It didn't make them good. They were still intelligence operatives. So who is Bannon? I mean, this is a guy who was a, a, a Goldman Sachs investment banker. He shifts gears, all of a sudden becomes, for three years, the head of the Biodome Project. You guys hear about mm -hmm. the Biodome Project? No, what exactly is the Biodome Project? I've heard of it before. I only knew of it because of the movie with Pauly Shore. And uh, I forget the, the forgettable Baldwin. You know, uh, back Steven. <laughs> Steven. Steven Baldwin. Steven, the crazy yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, well, I don't, they're all kind of crazy in their own. Well, I mean, Alex. Anyway. Um <clears throat> So that was, I, I just thought it was a fiction, but it was actually a real project developed by NASA in order to experiment with recreating uh, bio, biospheres within a dome system to, to sustain human habitation on other planets. So it was originally part of a pretty bold, forward-thinking project, which I think is an, a very good thing. Oh, there you go. Um, the Strange History of Steve Bannon and the Biosphere 2 Experiment. Yeah. <laughs> so under Bannon, his job was to get rid of the NASA mission of using this, this uh, experiment to sustain life on other planets and instead focus it on exploring closed systems of biospheric activity for ecosystems management of the Earth. That was under his three-year reign until 1995. It transformed its entire mandate and got rid of the space exploration component. Now, you know, anybody who's been watching the, the great game or, or, you know, reading my stuff or reading... Harley stuff um, <clears throat> understands that the idea of a closed system, either in the biosphere or in human economy, is a fraud. There is no evidence in science or in nature that nature is a closed system. It, it, it is what no, is. It's an open system. It's an open system. It's being shaped by the sun. It's being shaped by the galaxy. It's being shaped by cosmic rays that are in you know directing the flow of uh, of changes in the biosystem over the course of thousands of millions of years and so it's an open system constantly creative constantly developing constantly going outside of its boundary conditions and so is the human economy when we're behaving correctly in accordance with natural law so that was the one thing Biden, uh bannon did now after B bannon does this completely destroys the basis of the biosphere project he then goes and becomes a hollywood producer for a few years and then right when you know at a certain moment when you have a a, a, a very interesting um, resistance in, in an intellectual or a, a cultural warfare information platform set up around Andrew Breitbart, who I, I like a lot. I think Breitbart was a really great yeah. guy. Yeah. He dies under very weird, fishy circumstances. Well, you know, he, he uh, had the, you know, he had a heart attack. You know, a normal guy, you know, well, you know, very young, heart attack. It just happens. Yeah. It, but, yeah. Right. It just that. Exactly. It's like like these schools now today. They they've announced that all the new the the kids going into schools in uh, in uh, Britain are are going to come into buildings now that are all equipped with uh, defib defibrillators. Yeah, totally normal. Because uh, I mean, just you, yeah, it's natural that that kids cold showers can give you heart attacks. Now that's what they're saying. Cold showers and you know if you nap during the day, that could also give you a heart attack. It's just the new normal, Matthew. Where you've been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, always been, yeah. Always been like that. Kids. Are, you know, defibrillators in every single classroom and on every stairwell, totally normal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Play, too much time playing ball and, and yeah. Heart attacks. Heart attacks, yeah. Just, we didn't notice. So all that to say, that was a very a convenient 
a convenient death. Yeah. Because immediately or very soon thereafter, Bannon found himself filling that void and finding himself, you know, at the head now of Breitbart, getting more street cred now amongst the uh, the conspiracy, you know, alt-right crowd, the Tea Party crowd, and building a reputation for himself as this kind of a, you know, he he's he's got a, a persona that he's like walked into. He was invited to like Cambridge for a, or no, an Oxford debate. Yeah about what, what is the deep state. And you just see the way it was all framed. First of all, why was he granted an Oxford platform to go into one of these prestigious Oxford debates? But he comes in out of the rain with his trench coat. And, uh, you know, like like as if he looks like somebody from like Constantine, from like a, like a <laughs> movie, you know? And he just like walks in, does his little bam, 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 uh, you know, deep state thing. America's great and just leaves. That's it. What was it? I remember uh, watching that. Yeah, it was weird. It was very mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> and what's also weird is while he was, you know, in Britain, I don't know what meetings he had, but he's soon uh, brought into becoming the uh, the main patron and spokesperson and head of the Dignitae uh, Humanae Institute, which is uh, set up by Otto, Count Otto Habsburg, um, who died in 2011. But Otto, Otto Habsburg is the the heir to the Habsburg Empire, which nominally, you know, was dismantled in uh, after World War One, but the the oligarchical families never really disappeared. Just the structure of how they expressed their influence changed over time with geopolitical manipulations. But Habsburg, Otto von Habsburg, was somebody who was um, the leading controller of the pan-European movement, which itself was created in 1922 by uh, Count Kalergi von Kudenhoff or Kudenhoff von Kalergi. Um, himself a leading oligarch who created this organization to promote a benign feudalism, essentially fascism, which had as its founding members in 1922, Mussolini, Hjalmar Schacht, Walter Littmann, leading Fabians, leading roundtablers, uh, leading figures from you know the, the Varbergs, who had just formally set up the, uh, the Federal Reserve in the United States, were all founding members of this, this institution, which was designed to create a, a false counter gang to the League of Nations giving the idea that we need to, you know, support nationalism, but under a control, which was a, a fake nationalism because it was never a nationalism. It was the type, it was like corporatist fascism of Mussolini and, and Hitler and Helmut Schock's Nazi type of nationalism. That's what they were promoting versus the League of Nations that said, no, all nationalism is bad. We need a, a system where a supranational body fully is in control of the, the, the banking, the military and everything else as a solution to world war one. But you see, this is the, the gang counter gang thing, right? The obviously a lot of people, it was known were going to resist the league of nations after it, when, when it was proposed in 1919. Also the same month that, uh, that chat, you brought up Chatham house. I don't know if B- Bannon is directly connected to Chatham house directly, but you, you start seeing that that's the same year Chatham house, the Royal Institute for international affairs was yeah. created as well, along with its American <laughs> sister organization, <laughs> The CFR, you know, what Hillary Clinton called the the mothership. Even though the CFR, CFR took it two more years for the U.S. resistance to be beaten down, because uh, they, you know, American patriots were not allowing a such an you know an obviously evil subversive British think tank to set up shop in Washington, so they didn't let it. They didn't, you know, they didn't just let it happen. There was a big fight. Um, that was 1921, but it was it was established in 1919. It's charter and everything. That was that was the CFR. At first, they wanted to call it the American Institute for International Affairs, but people 
in Britain around the Milner group, the roundtable group realized, eh, you know, that sounds a little bit too familiar, like similar to the Royal Institute of, of Chatham House. So let's change the name to CFR. Um, so you got this, this again, gang counter gang operation and this entire idea of promoting right wing nominally it tended to be Catholics that were like uh, absorbed or under this umbrella or attracted to this umbrella group um, was again, just sort of a retweaking of the, you know, Luther versus Catholic and Calvin versus Catholic um, dichotomization of the church, the splintering of the church where you had, you know, a few hundred years earlier in 1517, obvious abuses and hypocrisies and corruption in the Roman church. Did that mean it was all bad? Is that what Thomas More and Erasmus were also representing within the Catholic Church? Hell no. You actually had solid platonic Augustinian humanists with utilizing power within the church, within the outlets, within various governments before the Reformation or the the, the yeah the Protestant uh, breakaway that were trying to cleanse and purge the church of its own deep state operations from within, the, its own satanic elements. That was a big fight. That's what the whole battle against Venice was all about when you had a more integral, unified church, but still there were battles within it. Um, <clears throat> it's the same sort of thing that they had with the League of Nations versus the uh, pan-European movement. So Otto von Habsburg becomes the head of this thing for 40 years until mm -hmm. his death in 2011. Yeah, He's also the guy who creates the Dignitae Humanae Institute. You have Lord Nicholas uh, Windsor, the uh, one of the key uh, members of the Windsor family who defected from the Anglican Church to become... Um, a Catholic so that he could be a founder and sponsor of the Dignitae Humanae Institute. When you go to their website, this thing is run out of an 800-year-old monastery in Italy. I think, not Trieste, um, but an 800-year-old monastery. And its patron sponsors and other people who are associated with it under Bannon, who is brought in as sort of a front man to unite the right. The idea is, like, a, a lot of these people are directly tied as knights of the order of the British Empire, of the order of St. George and St. Michael. Um, they're very high level people associated with, with the upper echelons of the black nobility. And the mandate sounds nice because it's all about creating a movement uh, based upon the principle of a mago viva day, the, the human beings made in the living image of God. Sounds refreshingly good. But then when you actually look at the mandate, it's premised around a, an idea of Christianity, especially, uh, a sort of variant of Christianity that they like taking all of the different right-wing groups across Europe that they want to unite under an umbrella group um, and set it apart and in opposition to the Muslim world, the Chinese, the Confucian world, the Buddhist world, and to have essentially a clash of civilizations. So a lot of the people who are attracted to it are disgusted ironically by people like Samuel P Huntington or Sir Bernard Lewis, who wrote the Ark of crisis, you know, upon which thesis, Huntington stole, uh, co-opted his theories for a clash of civilizations. This is at the heart of the whole neocon agenda of what Dick Cheney unleashed, um, you know, even in the 90s when he was talking about destroying Iraq, doing regime change there, Syria, Libya, Afghanistan, Iran. Um, so Dick Cheney was already talking about that and also destroying Russia completely from the face of the earth. That was also what, what Cheney and, and one of Cheney's friends who who wrote about his his how disturbed he was in 1997 about Cheney's bloodlust, about wanting to destroy the Russia as a people and a nation, not just the, the Soviet Union, but Russia itself. And, and so a lot of the people who, again, are attracted to the type of 
anti-tyranny um, narrative that Bannon and a lot of these groups are promoting, they don't like Huntington. They don't like Lewis. They don't like the neocons. But they don't get that it's just been repackaged for them under this new veneer. So now you got Bannon, who is again been working really hard to position himself to be the, the front man, the head of a new fascist mob that would then justify what's being said of the right-wing conspiracy theorists being domestic terrorists, which is sort of the, what, what's been amped up in the mainstream media. But he's actually being set up to justify just that very thing. And when you look at some of the people that he's working with, he's worked very hard, like with Miles Guo, this weird, weird... But he does really good rap videos, Miles Gao. Well, you know, his, his rap videos are fantastic. Have you seen it? <laughs> Have you seen the Miles Gal rap videos? Matt? I think he's frozen. Matthew, you there? Maddie? Yeah, I think his, I think his Wi-Fi, yeah, his camera's oh, no, no, locked up, too. There he goes. Matt, we just yeah. lost you for 10 seconds. I've seen his rap videos. They're, they're <laughs> <laughs> I knew you did. <laughs> Dude, it's unbelievable. Uh oh, I'm losing. Yeah, I'm losing. Hey, you. Matthew, you, you you may want to uh, kill uh -oh. your cam. It may be taking a little bit too much. Hey, uh, were you guys cutting out at all, or was it I was was I the one it's cutting you. out? It was you. yeah, it's Pro you. Pro probably kill your cam. Maybe that would help. Yeah, kill your cam. I think it's taking too much bandwidth. <laughs> it's at uh, Canadian uh, free internet uh, access. <laughs> Be you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. okay. It's uh, Matt's uh, Canadian social net. There it is. Okay, there he goes. He's back. There we Matt, go. you there? Yeah. Okay, okay cool. Better. Was was I cutting out really badly? You were. You disappeared for like 15 seconds. But uh, okay. we're talking about Miles Gao and his incredible rap videos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where well, he's he like on a yacht and throwing money on on hoes and stuff. This guy's something else, eh? Like, he, he just walks around. Like, he, he really Dick wants to be a, a modern <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable, man. No, I, joke. I, yeah, and, he, and he's got a way, I, th I think, just because he still has access to huge sums of money. Like back in, two, in 2014, be, before he got exiled from China, I mean, he had to escape to avoid uh, prison, some serious prison time for a whole slew of very good reasons uh, that had nothing to do with him trying to support freedom and democracy in China. He was a, he he rep, he owned his portfolio amounted to 70 billion dollars while he headed Zenith Enterprises. And um, he had an entire criminal uh, syndicate that was highly enmeshed with Jack Ma, Alibaba, a lot of other things that were tied to the World Economic Forum. Um, that's what Jack Ma, he's a world, you know, a trustee of the World Economic Forum. This entire like Chinese, the, 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 the Anglo uh, fifth column embedded deeply within China was highly represented by the figure. If people want to know like, well, what is the China, Chinese deep state? You got to look at Jack Ma. You got to look at, uh, you got to look at Gao. And when he left, he was able to throw a lot of his money and he, he acquired a lot of celebrities of Chinese descent, badminton stars, football stars, uh, pop music stars who wrote really corny music or, or performed the music that he wrote because he, he, there he is smoking a cigar in, in the New York Harbor. Uh, <laughs> he got and, badminton. Uh, I didn't even realize badminton was a sport. He writes and he sees, he thinks of himself as a poet and you could see, read some of the poetry that he has written. It's it's garbage. It's so bad. Um, he's written the national anthem for the new Chinese federalist state. This guy's a nut job. Oh, what a me? maniac! Uh oh, I think we're uh, 
Oh. CJ? Yeah, I can hear you, Maddie. Could you hear us? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, he's such an ego. You can just see the ego, right? Yeah. He's he's so into himself. He's a walking, living, selfie Instagram. That's, that's all he is. <laughs> he's a selfie Instagram. I love it. He's, he's, <laughs> no normal billionaire does this. Okay, no normal no, billionaire does him, this. Like Bannon and, and that whole crew. The the what's her name? Um, Connie Morgan, the heiress to the J.P. Morgan uh, fortunes. Um, yeah. They 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 pour flattery onto him. They use him. They they, they I mean Bannon and him co-founded the um, what do you call it? The um, the federal state of New China back in 2020, June 4th. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there was a weird video where they both were like in front of the Statue of Liberty in a boat announcing this, the creation of the new federal estate where Bannon said that that Gao is the uh, the rightful controller of China. And by 2023, uh, the CPC will be dismantled and, and she will be <laughs> gone and, and Gao will be in and Bannon will be celebrating with him as they bring in a new age of democracy. And you had these planes flying all over New York with banners, you know, Say congratulations, new federalist state of new China. Um, insanity, all made up with Falun Gong members, totally populated by Falun Gong members. Yeah, totally unbelievable. And and I mean, they have a national anthem, they got a flag all designed by Gao that I mean, and performed by him. And and people, they're just eating this up. So, people on the right, uh, within the Trump camp, especially, are just eating this because they want a bad guy and and. Frankly, there's something I think that's subliminal or subconsciously still unresolved by virtue of the years of propaganda under McCarthyism during the the Cold War of the big, bad, evil red Chinese that want to just kill you. That was embedded deeply in the psyche. A lot of um, a lot of of racist undertones were awoken that are there, even though people think of them. Many of the people who are like on board with the this Gao view are like, I'm not racist because he's a Chinese and I'm, I'm supporting a Chinese person. It's like. Yeah, no. I mean, you're you know nothing about actual China. You know nothing about the actual terms and conditions. And he's a Chinese person who has been controlled his entire life to destroy China. Like that's his purpose and raison d'être. He doesn't even know. He maybe doesn't even know that fully because he's a giant walking ego, and they love messiah figures because they don't self question or self criticize their own thinking very much. Which is why you tend to get like you know Jim Jim Jones or, or Charles Manson. As these, you know, MK Ultra psyops who see themselves as messiah figures, or Reverend Moon who sees himself as like the brother of Christ, or who's the the guy who heads Falun Gong, um, uh, the actual head of that cult. Um, yeah, I forgot his name. Thinks of himself as the brother of Jesus, as he's sitting in his Philadelphia multi-billion-dollar compound, uh, protected by the CIA. Um, Obama again, another messiah complex figure, right? They like these sorts of people. Gao definitely falls under that psychological profile. So he doesn't know maybe that that's his job or his his the role he's supposed to play. Um, but yeah, the Falun Gong are all over this. And another woman, I forgot her name now, uh, Dr. Uh, Li Ming Yang. People probably yeah. know of her as the, the whistleblower doctor from uh, the Wuhan. You know, she the was fake Wuhan. Wuhan. She, was, she was never, worked, never worked in Wuhan at all. At all. No. The closest no. she got to Wuhan was Hong Kong, man. <laughs> low was, level. Yeah. She was a low, low level, level researcher. She, dude, she was a more she was the equivalent of a veterinary technician from Hong Kong. 
And they had her parading around every single Fox News TV show, uh, Bannon's War Room. And she was out, and they're literally saying, she is the doctor, a whistleblower from the Wuhan Institute of Rock. Never spent a day there. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Like, who is this lady? She And if you listen to her, she even spills the beans. She says, I know of us in Wuhan. I was in Hong Kong. Oh, see, she was in Wuhan. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> Dude, it was crazy. Matt, I think uh, the Canadian yeah. social net has uh, frozen your uh, uh, camera. She hits it. Yes, she did. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I know. And, and the one thing that she did do right before she left Hong Kong. Oh, can you guys hear me, by the way? I feel like Roger I'm choppy. Yeah, we're, we're, you're fine you? now. Yep, fine we're now? here. Okay. We're here. Yep. The, the one thing she did right before she, she – okay, good. The one thing she did do, um, she published a paper that she was completely unqualified to publish. And I – personally, I think that whatever the hell this, this pathogen was that has been used as an excuse to shut down civilization and advance a post-nation state uh, transhumanist religion, yeah, I think that it was probably something that was you know manufactured. Uh, by human human beings. I'm, I'm not n- denying that. Uh, but she wrote a paper basically s- saying that it was lab-grown and it did come from the Wuhan lab by the export of the gain-of-function research by the United States under Obama um, that was then transported to Wuhan under a, I think they got $800,000 of U.S. money as part of this ex- export of gain-of-function research. Now, that's that's the narrative that's been pumped repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated to a population that really desperately wants a sense of what's who's the enemy, why did civilization get shut down artificially? There is no discussion of the 324 U.S.-run Pentagon-affiliated biolabs internationally in any of these things, including the the, the Jupiter or Centaur uh, bioweapons programs that are active across South Korea, nothing in regarding the fishy labs in Taiwan, nothing regarding the, the what is it, 46 labs in Ukraine, 324 known internationally, total opacity. That's not even brought up even once. The second fallacy here is that a lot of people say, yeah, it was a a lab unleashed by the the Chinese government to destroy the West. That's what what her job was to advance that thesis. If it was a bioweapon as such, as as we're being sold it, it's a really shit bioweapon because when you actually look at the, the type of death that resulted that we're being told were all COVID caused deaths. It was everywhere you look, it was not anything regarding COVID as a, a pathogen that could be said to be the cause of the death, not at least in the numbers that were being given. It was the 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 misdiagnosing of everybody who died of like heart disease and had yeah. COVID positive, um, or who, you know, were abandoned in old age homes or who were given treatments that they should have never been given, like, you know, intubation, which resulted in mass death of tens of thousands, if not many more people, um, by a treatment that, it, you know, intubation was causing the problem to get worse, to kill people. Nine out of 10 people in, in uh, clinics across the United States were dying when they were intubated. They would not have died otherwise. So it's more things like that. If this was a bioweapon, it's a pretty shit bioweapon, I got to say. Um the other thing, though, is that this paper that she authored before she left Hong Kong, not escaped because Hong Kong has free transit anytime you want to the West, um, was funded and bankrolled by Steve Bannon and Gao. 
through the uh, the foundation, the Rule of Law Foundation, which is essentially just a front for the 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 um, the new Federalist Party of or, or uh, the new Federalist. Uh, I forgot the name of it now. New Federal State of China uh, community. So that was what bankrolled her entire fake pseudo study before she left, and then became, as you said, she's tied to Falun Gong to the left to the out of the wazoo. I didn't see the direct evidence yet, but based on her associations, I'm, I would not be surprised if she was an indoctrinated hardcore Falun Gong practitioner, which is also what is behind the bankrolling of Epoch Times. Um, Epoch Times, you know, is has really absorbed. They do good reporting when it comes to a lot of the internal politics of the deep state. Uh, in the United States, which is very attractive to people, and their criticism of the World Health Organization narrative, their 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 lies and narrative of you know what we should be afraid of, they're good at those things, and that's fine. They're even good at like some of their cultural analysis, but that's the point. You know, honey is always more or poison is attractive if you wrap it with honey, and when they whenever you get they win people's trust based on the truth that they tell of certain things, now people's internal sentinels. Are, go to sleep and they just accept everything that they have to say about international foreign policy. Who's at the heart of the evils of the world? And it's never the, the heirs to the Anglo-American or the Venetian systems, which are actually the center of oligarchical command today, as they were when they were nearly destroyed by the coalition around Thomas More, Erasmus, uh, Machiavelli, Da Vinci back in 1509, 1510, under the League of Cambrai. It's the same, ultimately the same families the same fondy, the same methods of organization today as it was then, and the techniques to disrupt a potential alliance of different various people and different different religious groups to to say together, oh, let's stop fighting each other and and realize that we're all being promote like we're all all sides are being uh, bankrolled, all 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 wars are being bankrolled, so that the that we kill each other by the same financiers at the top who don't care about any of us and want to keep us too busy as slaves fighting. So it's the same, again, gang counter gang thing that has always been used. And that's the same thing that's being deployed against us today. Um, this again gets at the question of like, well, what is the solution? The solution is looking at who is, who on the, on this earth today has broken from the, the, the formula of control and what you have right now is a whole or a whole bunch of people who are supposed to be fighting. The Chinese are supposed to hate Russians and the Russians are supposed to hate the Chinese. That's what Blinken went and even told the Chinese, you have to condemn Russia. And Biden had a discussion a few months ago with Putin saying, yeah, I see that that China is really pressing on you. I understand that you're afraid of China because these people are, are that insane. They think everybody is wired like them to be paranoid of people who are different. It's such insanity. It's uh, it's incredible. I mean, I, I listen to all these morons talk about the, uh, the, the Dilicity's trap. Like it's some sort of yeah. a reality in the modern age. It has nothing to do with anything. It's a stupid, faulty hypothesis at best. And it doesn't really apply to anything outside of the mindset that's created in Western think tanks. That's the only place that Dilicity's trap actually works. It's insane, these people. Absolute insanity. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, I, I, and it's this projection, right? Like their own lack of creativity and smallness that they just think that they can project onto others that are their opponents or they think that their opponents um, is ultimately their downfall. I think that's the best The best thing that, that, that real humans have going for us is that we that you can know that the psychological profiling of the oligarchy and especially their, their minions, their... Um, 
they're, they're managers who themselves over the course of many decades have become dumber and dumber and more mediocre are incapable of self-reflection, self-criticism, or modifying their behavior according to discoverable creative reality. And looking at the Iranian Muslim world, increasingly finding uh, entente and points of cooperation and bridge building with their nominal enemies in Saudi Arabia. So you have the Shia, Iran, who have been mortal enemies with the Saudis and many of the Gulf states who are now building diplomatic bridges again. Because again, the Saudis recognize that they're disposable. They don't have a major role to play as, a, as an oil producing society within the context of the so-called new world order, the post nation state order of depopulation, degrowth that they were told they would have a, you know, a winning piece of the pie uh, running the jurisdiction or controlling the jurisdiction of the Middle East. Of course, Turkey with their, you know, neo-Ottoman outlook were, were, you know, their leadership were also given certain similar promises, which have obvious conflicting interests. So there wasn't a lot of honesty by those giving the promises about, you know, who was going to divvy up the pie of controls over the new world order. Cause Turkey thought that they were getting a big chunk of the middle East as the managers there and Saudi Arabia thought that they were getting a big chunk and all sides are now releasing release or realizing just how disposable they actually are, that they have a little bit of a Saddam Hussein looking back at them when they look in the mirror. And so what is their, their option? Well, nothing if there wasn't a multipolar alliance providing a real basis of investments into the real economy and a real foundation upon which they could have a future, which is where you have, again, Iran, uh, Saudi, Iran, Gulf state relations with the UAE rebuilding with the help of China's and also Russia's uh, support on a major way, especially economic affairs via China and their investments into the rail projects that are already beginning. I mean, in ways we've never seen to, to build high-speed rail, $200 billion project across the Gulf states right now, which could easily transfer into Yemen. There's a peace treaty that's been uh, signed and extended now between the Saudis and the Yemenis, um, which could feasibly revive an old project uh, for building a bridge across the Horn of Africa into Ethiopia, into Djibouti, the port just next to Ethiopia that would then, they already have a port from Djibouti down to Addis Ababa, which is on the verge of connecting and extending. That are, that's already built. That's electrified rail built by China, supported by Chinese military. There's a, there's a, an actual agreement between Ethiopia and China to protect BRI connected projects in Ethiopia. That's the first time China has done that. Um, this is easily going to connect down into Kenya where there's already massive rail being built all over the place and into Rwanda and then east uh, west onward into the entire trans-African uh, rail uh, line development system, which again is part of the broader BRI, which the, the New Silk Road, which is so much more than the east-west connection between Europe that people have been told it was. This goes deeply into Africa. Um, you also have China, Buddhist, Confucian, Taoist, civilizational forces that are in communion and working with Russia, Orthodox Christian, working with, again, various factions of the, the Muslim world under an idea that we can respect each other's differences as long as we work on what makes us human beings, what, you know, we all are going to die. We all want a better future for our kids. We can all apply ourselves to create a better peaceful world for the kids than we had in our lives. And we can have more technology that we apply to make their lives better. And, you know, these are open offers. We have every single major civilizational force in Eurasia working together and the African countries now have Anthony Blinken as of today, who's embarked on his multi-African tour to try to undo the damage that Lavrov has done to the Anglo-American plan. 
Blinken's <laughs> job is going to be to threaten as many African countries cutting connections with China and Russia. And I mean, he's just getting rebuffed already. He's had a, one meeting. African leaders are coming out. Museveni has come out from Uganda saying, like, look, you're fooling yourself. If you think we're going to cut our, our connection away from China because we should be afraid of them, whereas the only people we should be afraid of are the ones who actually did us damage centuries exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> trying to build infrastructure oh you gotta you gotta hand it to old tony blinky blinky is uh you know if, you know if, if, if i don't want to threaten a nation i'll send in tony blinky he looks uh he looks very intimidating <laughs> what an idiot what a maroon i mean this is this is the type of caliber of people that we're dealing with here man it's incredible yeah he like, just had a few family connections from like his dad, who was like a George Soros tool, who ran the uh, the Blinken Foundation, the the Blinken Soros Foundation, Open Society Foundation in Budapest, <clears throat> right? When yep. he was the U.S. ambassador to uh, to Hungary, yeah, that that was like his whole his whole like career is bankrolled on the fact that yeah, his the his dad and mom are Soros tools, um, and he you know he was friends with uh, O'Malley, Ben o I think Ben O'Malley, who's a leading Rhodes Scholar, who is the uh, the head of George Soros's international crisis group and now is the in charge of uh, managing um relations with iran i mean this is a, a high level road scholar before that under obama he was the guy in charge of interfacing with isis which has become you know it's openly understood now even people on the inside within the intelligence agencies within military um within the military have already spoken about the u.s doing a deal with the devil by bankrolling and working with isis as far as advancing to to advance their regime change policy the way that they did with these neo-Nazi groups to overthrow the Ukrainian government and the way that we've seen as well with these various anarchist groups of young idiots and useful tools in Taiwan who basically overthrew the Kuomintang founding party of Taiwan back in 2014. Right. Under the, um, uh, I forgot the name, there was, there was a color revolution and yeah. the current government of Taiwan was installed as a, as a Soros Obama regime in 2016 which cut off the free trade agreements with mainland China, just like Ukraine had done when they were on the verge of a free trade agreement with Russia that was cut off in order to reintegrate them into a Western sphere of influence with the U.S. military industrial complex and doing billions of dollars of deals with them. And, you know, ultimately, what do they want? They want the, the, they want the Ukrainians to, to fight Russia till the last Ukrainian, just like Lindsey Graham just said this week when, uh, you know, the entire Senate voted unanimously to... Uh, <laughs> to declare Russia a state sponsor of terror, a hundred to zero. I mean, think about it. And and who who was leading that charge? The the the, the uh, one and only uh, Lindsay Tickle My Butt Graham. Tickle My Butt was uh, leading the charge. I'm calling Russia a state sponsor of terror. This is insane. I'm living in zombie world. <laughs> I mean, this is some bizarre world I'm living in 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 this country, in this state, in this. I, I just can't, Matt. Like what's gone? The West has gone insane. Yeah, that's a word for it. Eh? No, the, the they, there's no ability to detect irony or again self criticize. But the irony, like we are supporting the actual ISIS, we're supporting neo Nazis in Ukraine, provably. Even Amnesty International just produced a report acknowledging the war crimes of these Ukrainian fascists against their own people. It's been acknowledged by even mainstream corrupt organizations like Amnesty International. They ca they can't hide that. And we're supporting this whole thing. We're pouring $9 billion into weaponizing them, as Lindsey Graham says, literally, because they will fight till the last Ukrainian. And yeah. we're pushing the countries of the ASEAN as well. We think that we can get them to go and fight till the last Asian. 
in South Korea. And you got Nancy, Nancy Pelosi taking us a picture in South Korea where luckily, I mean, the president didn't meet her. He kind of recognizes that, wait a minute, we're being set up here for something bad. Oh yeah. Picture showing her solidarity with the South Korean people. You had her with 12 other uh, people on a military base. Five of them were military. The rest were politicians. One of these 12 people was a South Korean, was an Asian. All of the rest, all of the military soldiers, the generals who were there representing Korea's interests, were all white people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At a moment where they're trying to reshore, like they're they're extracting their companies from South Korea, from Taiwan, trying to bring them back to the United States. And like the Taiwanese, I think, who are in the business community and more, you know, basic common sense Taiwanese and common sense normal Koreans within the the business and political class are like, well, wait a minute. It seems like you're setting us up here for something. Why are you taking, (laughs) why are you taking all of the microchip processing uh, facilities out of our, our area? Like, don't you think that we're stable? Oh, maybe not. Maybe we're actually being set up to be a spark plug for an actual war. And so they're not playing along that much. And, And that's good that we see that there's a little bit of pushback. The Japanese have withheld a bunch of vital supplies for their, the Taiwanese uh, chip manufacturers. Um, curious to see where that goes. I don't know what the consequence was of Abe's murder a couple of weeks back. Um, I'm really, I don't know. I know that Abe was definitely an interesting character who met 27 times with Putin. He definitely seemed to have uh, tied Japanese uh, economic interests into uh Siberia and Eastern Eastern uh, Russian development alongside Chinese firms that were working with Japanese firms, probably in the, you know, most important projects for the future in uh, the East. So I don't know, but I do know that there's definitely a, a wariness to go along with this insane agenda, especially when the ASEAN countries have increased their trade with China by a factor of something like 200%, like from $40 billion in 2000 to $800 billion today, which is like, Way more than anything the U.S. has, I think, seen an increase of around that same time with the ASEAN countries of, what was it? The last thing I read was $140 billion in 2000, and now it's yeah. $360 billion today. Compared yep. to the, the the Chinese rate of growth, it's, it's, it's out, outstandingly, it's, it's, an, it's an, a, ma- a magnitude, an order of magnitude higher with China, and it's only getting bigger. Um. So it's, you know, it's very clear that the world has overall, the majority of the people have governance, have an orientation that embraces rationality, a moral idea of organizing business around real self-interest, which is cooperation. And then you have the insane part of the world, unfortunately, where we and I think most of our viewers are sitting, um, which has a bit of, it's a bittersweet thing. You know, we're run by a basket case clown show of lunatics. And not only that, they just they're they're in the process of hiring eighty seven thousand new IRS agents. Oh, we need more of those. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. See, are, are you see? Are, are you excited about what's? Ahead? I'm very excited. I'm I'm gathering my papers right now, sitting and organized, <laughs> make statements, whatever. My my extra set of books. <laughs> <laughs> Which copy do you want? <laughs> Are you serious? How many 80, 80, 80 they, they, Biden has the, uh, they just passed the, uh, what is it called? <laughs> the inflation bill or whatever. The Inflation the Reduction place. Act. The Inflation <laughs> Reduction Act. It's going to reduce inflation in the United States. It's going to be exactly. And part of that reduction act is, is to 
uh, grant $86 billion to the IRS, hiring 80,000, 87,000 new agents. 87,000 new agents, the majority of which will be armed. How do you think that they're thinking about that? Huh? How do you think that they're thinking about that? Uh, How do you... I think probably what would you uh, say creating new networks, network? almost like it, Homeland Security. It's going to create like within each state level. I imagine there's going to be probably regional opposite. I mean, ex- that expansion that large, that's getting it out of the federal government and trying to get into the states. And yeah, that, they'll probably the have like offices and yeah. all that kind of shit. So, yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. pretty, pretty it, they're crazy. going after the middle class, man. It's like the mob when they start squeezing uh, a city or a town. It's like, you know, have you ever seen like uh, any of these old mob movies where the Don's walking down the street? And he has his goons go into the store, pay extortion money. That's what's going to happen. They're going to go after the middle class. They're going to go after small business owners. And that's who's going to suffer in this thing. Mm-hmm. This is not going to stop the uber wealthy. This doesn't affect them at all. Yeah. <clears throat> Dude, well, it's, another, it's a terrible time. Another part of the uh, the bill that I was reading about involved something like $420 billion or so going into essentially green energy boondoggles. Yeah. Um, which itself destroys your productive powers of society with, you, right. you know, you create like a little spike of jobs when you build them, but then once they're built, you, I mean, it's a total disaster of obsolete, unreliable, low quality energy systems. Now that you're, you're addicted to that will not allow you to sustain heavy industry. You can't sustain any durable growth. And if anything, you're just forced to be in a position where we revert back in time, a century or two where, you know, we have to produce things um, more manually like we can rely we rely less and less on having heavy uh machine tool sectors that do the do important work that we need to sustain eight billion lives that can't be done anymore so you're basically tearing apart your the basis of your own dollar value like the the power the buying power of your dollar will be destroyed as your productive powers are are crippled which is going to do what for inflation yeah exactly right it's it's, it's i mean my god even bernie sanders came out against this bill no way yeah even bernie sanders is like this is not going to reduce inflation one bit it's basically the green energy bill repackaged like they do every time and time again right it's not it's a, it's like the patriot act it's like everything else it's like and i tell people this all the time like take anything that that the u.s legacy media tells you and the federal government and think opposite yep. you're going to be okay about probably 75 percent of the time yep. if not yeah. more than that yeah, <laughs> yeah but this, is, this the, and now they're swat teaming former sitting presidents they're Going after uh, political opponents. If they're not going after political opponents, they're they're manufacturing terrorism. You know, they're 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 they every mass shooter that has occurred in the last you know two or three years in this country, we all found out that these mass shooters are all been on the FBI list, and they pretty much let it happen. I mean, this is what we're dealing with. I mean, this is a level of corruption that, and it's an incompetent, idealistic corruption. I mean, these guys were not halfway as slick as the as the real Nazis. You know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even getting the full evil. This is a retarded evil. <laughs> it, it it has a greater degree of retardedness. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the leading it's true because the leading Nazis still had access to a um like a a, a classical education in that yeah. sense in Germany. It was a, a rigorous educational process that a lot of these people like Goering and others went through so they could think on a more sophisticated level despite their ideological um, uh, you know, <laughs> fascist inclinations and tendency to just adapt to who's ever in charge because there is that you know whenever you get people into a chain of command mode of morality that my morality is premised entirely upon my obedience to a system of rules if that's where people 
like if, if that's where you're led by your education process or your culture, you're in big trouble. Like that's a, that's a candidate for fascism, which is where a lot of the, the people who became instruments of the Nazi power were themselves just obeying what, you know, those in authority above them were, were doing. That's what makes the Jesuit system work. It's, it's all premised around chain of command. You know, I have no sin. That's what, what you, you self-indoctrinate as a Jesuit with your meditative exercises. I have no sin based on my, the sinful actions. If I'm simply following the orders of a superior general above me, they're the ones who have their own reasons that I cannot question because I have my lowly role to play in the hierarchy. You know, and there's, there's various other self-indoctrinating things that, that they get into. This is a big part of the revolution of military affairs of um, Samuel P. Huntington again, of creating an entire Spartan-like mercenary uh, class in that would take over control of the citizen soldier, which was the former template of the U.S. military from 1776 all the way until World War II, was a citizen soldier idea, right? An engineering creative army that could build as much as they could be trained to destroy. So you could have that that military that engineering capability within the military that would then be able to be retooled to build African uh, infrastructure the way Franklin Roosevelt had envisioned with his arsenal of democracy. And the entire deep state takeover of the United States after he died, and especially after JFK was killed, was premised around this, the soldier and the state, this idea of creating the, 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 the professional killer who was obedient, like an attack dog, right? That became the new identity and template that was then used and expressed itself in Desert Storm and all of the wars after 9-11. And um, I mean, the, the whole thing is it, it can't work. It's not is not viable because you actually have people in the world like in Yemen or in Vietnam who were actually fighting for something. These were people who were like the American, the American revolutionaries fighting against the mercenary soldiers of the British empire that didn't have anything to fight for except their paychecks and the Hessian mercenaries, you know, the, the yeah. Americans actually had that creative flexibility because they had a moral cause to fight for and they were able to do the impossible. The same reason why the Vietnamese were able to beat up, beat back the U.S. military after decades and the French military and the Japanese fascists before that. And it's the same reason why you have the Yemenis who, are, who have been able to fight victoriously to this and create miracles. And it's the same thing for all of these different countries in the world, right? They're animated by a deeper identity, a deeper quality of what they're fighting for. That's what the Russians are doing and, and why Russia with one-tenth of the military budget was able to defeat ISIS in ways that the U.S. couldn't do with 10 times more budget and manpower and firepower, Russia actually had an intention and something to fight for. Same thing for what they're doing in Ukraine. Their economy was supposed to be destroyed by now, according to the original design. That didn't happen, and they're still able to flank it. That's why they're able to make deals and work and integrate with Iran, with China. That's what China... And I think all of them ultimately know that they need patience, and they're using so much patience, and they're withholding, right? Iran has not struck back after how many of their their scientists have been assassinated in generals not too many to count too many and they didn't strike back because they i think all of these eurasian leaders and we can end it there because i know we have to do a hard stop but all of these eurasian leaders have come to um an agreement of of a consensus that the best way to fight this self destructive self immolating western um monster is just to let it destroy itself let its own incompetence spread itself so thin so that it goes the way of every empire that ever behaved this way and that's it just that's all you need to do you don't have to fight against it as such there are certain flanks you need to do but you overall 
have the faith to know that the universe is good. The universe is premised on natural law. It doesn't tolerate evil and stupidity forever. And ultimately, evil and stupidity are self, they, they self-destroy their own foundation. So with that, you know, we can have a little bit of faith in the long-term durability of this, of the human species. Um, we all have certain responsibilities to, to really go outside of ourselves and become better than we are right now, because we need to think of ourselves in a longer term wave of history too. And things are going to be challenging <laughs> for the months ahead. That's for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Matthew, thank you so much for being on with us again, folks. You can find them over at CanadianPatriot.org, CanadianPatriot.org, RisingTideFoundation.net. Go up, sign up, be a part of the symposiums that him and his wife, Cynthia, run on a weekly basis. And most importantly, purchase the books. The books are super important. The, the, the information on that will be on his website, RisingTideFoundation.net. Also, subscribe to his Substack. Matt is an absolute brain trust of everything that's going on, especially in this day and age in terms of the multipolar world and the emerging new paradigm that we are all living through. Matt, thank you for joining us. CJ and I have to go get our papers in order. And <laughs> we, we will, we'll be back next week, man. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, guys. Cheers. Bye-bye. Ciao. All right, guys. Have a good one. Take care, buddy. Cheers. All right. We'll Bye. see you.